welcome to episode 103 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes your friend with analysis paralysis to finally take their turn. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we are talking about analysis paralysis in gaming. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Subtext Game, The Crew, and Mega City Oceana. Then, we talk about how you can address your own analysis paralysis while playing games, or how to deal if someone you're playing with is struggling to take their turns. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word analysis. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. So this isn't a board game, but recently I played an alternate reality game called Subtext Game. You can find it at subtextgame.com. So this is a game that's through texting, phone calls, and email instead of like a video game or a board game or anything. And it's this thing texting you and you're texting back and responding and so you're interacting with it. Wait, does it text your actual phone? Yeah, yeah. So you have to give it your phone number. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So so it, the whole game lasted like three days over short sessions maybe one whole hour of play time where they're texting you because they text you, you respond. And then like after one session, which is like 10 to 20 minutes, then they break for a long time. (laughs) I can't really tell you because of the spoilers, but that's how it is. But the game was like kind of like an escape room mixed with a realistic detective story, but it wasn't super puzzly. It was more story driven. So it's similar, it reminded me of detective stories, which I talked about recently, or like the other games of that type, but it's more immersive because in those other games, it's like they send you a box of stuff and that's it. You look through those boxes and look through the internet, but here it's, they're texting back and forth to you. And so you're getting information through that slowly. And then you ask questions and, and then you're also looking online for different stuff. You can also give more than just your phone number to make it more immersive. On the site, it said you can add social media and like your physical address, but I didn't do that. (laughs) So I'm not sure. Yeah, that feels like neat, (laughs) but also a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was pretty interesting. It was very immersive. I I really liked that. But it was, it's kind of like a visual novel. It's like very slightly interactive with some puzzles, but the puzzles were pretty easy because. You have to be able to do the solutions without hints because the hints would be not immersive. So I think like if you're not getting it, it just keeps texting you like, oh, maybe try this or something. (laughs) Um, So the the puzzles weren't too hard. And the story is not for kids. (laughs) So you you can go on subtextgame.com and I think it has a trailer there that you can watch. There's also a demo that you can play. So you can sign up for the demo. You still have to give a phone number. And it's through texting. So it's similar mechanisms to the actual game. So you can try that for free. But the game costs, I think, $7 or something. So I enjoyed it. Although I thought it was a little short. But I guess it's only $7. So that's fair. That's not too bad. So who who made the game? I think it was a programmer. It's made by William O'Connell. He's a web developer, game designer, and magician. Huh. So basically you design like it's it's like a AI texting you, I guess. So because you can text back and it kind of understands what you're saying. 
but yeah definitely subtext game it's not for kids because it has some bad words and the story is also dark so it's a little creepy it can get and and very immersive so it can get kind of freaky (laughs) but i enjoyed it so that subtext game also recently i did play a board game called the crew which we've mentioned on the show before it's a new card game it's a trick-taking cooperative card game but i have only played it two players so far with me and toby yeah, and it has, like, alternate rules to yeah. play it with two, right? Yeah, so it's really a three to five player game, and I would suggest playing it with three to five players. <laughs> but with two players, there's a dummy player that uh, you can see half of their cards at a time, and, like, the commander controls what they're playing. So it's interesting in that their ability to play cards changes depending on what you can see because you don't know if they have certain suits. So they could play a a trump at some point if they don't have a certain suit, but then as you play a card, the card under it flips over. So then maybe they don't have the ability to play that trump anymore like because a new suit shows up that they didn't have before. Because normally in a trick-taking game, if you're out of one suit, you can play whatever you want. But here it's like the, the computer player is two rows of cards and you only see one of them at a time. So we played the first like five missions or so and we beat them all on the first try. Uh, Both Toby and I are like know how to play trick-taking games so we're comfortable with that and it was pretty easy for us. So then we skipped to the last mission and we beat that. Wait, you just skipped to 50? (laughs) Yes, because it was too easy. (laughs) So we skipped to 50 and then we also beat that on the first try. So um, (laughs) yeah, it was a bit too easy at two players. (laughs) This game definitely is harder the more players you play it with. So three is easier than four is easier than five. So I imagine, yeah, two is probably the easiest. Yeah. It's kind of like three with the the dummy player though. So it's like that. But then it's interesting. You can see their hand, but then like the face down cards give some some interesting things to it. But yeah, I I want to play it with like four or five players. (laughs) I'll have to wait. There is an online version. Oh yeah, I heard about that. We should we should try and we make that happen. That. Yeah. So that's the crew. <laughs> Don't play it at two players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ambie, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't really actually been playing many board games lately <laughs> because I can't meet with my game group and yeah, yeah, don't have anybody to play games with. So. I'm going to actually talk about one of the games that I played at Dice Tower West because I played a lot of games there that I didn't get to discuss in detail. Mm -hmm. And this one was one that I had been wanting to play for a long time. And that is Mega City Oceana, which is from Hub Games. And I, when it comes to dexterity games, it's rare that I find one that I dislike. For most, it seems like kind of universally, most dexterity games I enjoy to some degree. And this one, because it also has a dexterity element, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to like this. So let me explain how it works. In Mega City Oceana, you are constructing like the world's first oceanic mega city. <laughs> I know, the name, <laughs> very descriptive. So you're building these 
towering skyscrapers on floating platforms and then moving those floating platforms together to form the city. So players collect contract cards that give specific requirements for what the structures have to be. Then you draw building materials out of a bag and those could be, they're plastic pieces that are different colors and the different colors signify different types of material like glass or metal. And then you construct your structures onto these tiles. And then once you've completed a structure, you have to add it to the city by actually pushing the tile into place. So what's interesting about this game is when players are taking their turns, you're picking up cards or drawing pieces, but all the other players are building their structures while you're taking your turn. So there's no real downtime in this game. And those moments where you're watching someone else push one of their tiles into place and like trying not to knock over all the pieces that they've built is like, ooh, super tense and really exciting. And everything looks gorgeous on the table. I will admit, I thought I was going to like this. I already was like, yeah, it's dexterity. It's whatever. I'm going to like it. I really liked it. Like, really, really <laughs> liked it. It doesn't do the, the thing that a lot of dexterity games do where it fe feels silly. And I, this is not, that's not a criticism on games that do feel silly. I like silly games a lot. But this mm. one felt more deliberate. Like, it actually made sense that you were constructing something and moving it. Like, the story and the theme, it all gels really well. And so I think it kind of makes it something special. I don't know why it took me so long to play this. I love it. It's great. I highly recommend it. If you like building things out of plastic pieces and you mm -hmm. like dexterity games and you want a dexterity game that's something a little bit more, I would actually liken this kind of to junk art, which I also really like because it's got more than just dexterity. But I actually think I like this more than junk art. So it is probably my favorite dexterity plus other things game now, <laughs> which I don't know how many of those there are, but <laughs> this one is super great. I love it a lot. So uh, have you played this one, Ambie? No, I haven't, but it sounds pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I really do like it. Um, I would recommend it to anybody. If you get a chance to check it out, definitely do that. Uh, so that is Mega City Oceana. Ambie, it does seem a little bit odd to talk about board games when we can't play board games. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about something that isn't about games themselves, but something that happens while we're playing games. Uh, and I'm actually surprised we haven't touched on this topic broadly before. Yeah. We are going to discuss analysis paralysis, the, yep. the nemesis of any board game group. <laughs> Also known as AP. Yes, if we do say AP during the course of this episode, or any of our episodes, we do sometimes tend to abbreviate <laughs> yeah. things without realizing it. AP does stand for analysis paralysis. And I actually looked up what the definition is. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, analysis paralysis describes an individual or group process when overanalyzing or overthinking a situation can cause forward motion or decision-making to become paralyzed, meaning that no solution or course of action is decided upon. So in the context of a game, it's the inability of a player to take their turn or maybe taking an exceptionally long time to make decisions, sometimes to the detriment of the total game length. Mm -hmm. 
I will admit, my weekly game group, that is obviously not meeting right now, but normally does, we struggle with this one hard. (laughs) I don't think my group actually struggles much with analysis paralysis, or at least not that I know of. (laughs) We have, I, I think it's gotten better over time, but we have a handful of people who have come and gone from the group who really care about winning Mm -hmm. and really like to math things out. And those two things combined kind of feed into analysis paralysis, I think. Yeah. For us, like when we play 18xx games or something like that, (laughs) we, there's like a balance between trying to do really well and enjoying the time. Right. So because if it takes too long, then it stops being as enjoyable. And so, like, you have to find that balance. And so, like, when we play, we we try to do well, but we also don't spend a long time trying to optimize everything. That's a really good point, because I think I have heard from people in the past, like, if I commented even politely about, you know, hey, you're kind of taking a long time to take your turn kind of stuff. Obviously, only people that I'm familiar with, not like strangers. But I've gotten responses back like, well, no, this is how I enjoy games is mathing the things out. But Hmm. I don't think anybody enjoys playing a one hour game for three hours, even people (laughs) who enjoy mathing things out. So what you just said makes a lot of sense that there is there does have to be a balance. Like, yes, you can enjoy the math and the puzzle of a game, but you it shouldn't negatively affect the experience. Yeah. Sometimes when I notice people uh, having some analysis paralysis in shorter games, it's because they aren't thinking on other players' turns. So a lot of games you can like think about what you're going to be doing on your turn if someone else is taking a turn. And then when it comes to your turn, then you have that plan in place. And so sometimes if people don't think about what their plan is until their turn starts, then it can be a long time because everyone else, if they're thinking during other turns, they have that extra time to do their turn. So like the total turn thought time is might be the same, but if you're doing it all on your turn, then it lasts longer. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I, I'll throw back the thing that I get from people about that one. It's like, well, what if the game state changes? And it's like, okay, well, you can still come up with a plan. And if the, that, that part of the game doesn't change, then you've got a plan. And if it does, maybe consider what things could change and think of a couple of alternate plans in your head. Like, I do want to say, for the record, that like, if you and your group enjoy being very thoughtful and taking a long time on your turns, that is okay. But I think you need to be considerate of the people around you and the people you're playing games with. Because... Mm -hmm. I think it's usually pretty easy to pick up on when other players are frustrated by someone with AP, and that player tends to not be super aware of what's going on. Yeah, it's probably because like they're focusing on the game more, and then they don't realize it. I don't know. Yeah, but. I since my group has struggled with this, I've kind of tried to come up with solutions for how mm-hmm. to deal with AP, and I am not excluding myself when I say my group. I'm not saying everybody but me. I've definitely struggled with AP before as well. 
um, for a lot of different reasons. You know, I my game group meets on Thursday evenings. After, and so when I would c- come straight from work, often my brain is a little bit fuzzier. You know, I've been working all day and yeah. sometimes it's hard to focus. Um, sometimes people have things going on in their life outside of board games that could be affecting them too. So it is also important to be kind to people and not, you know, judge them necessarily. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I try to kind of like I said earlier, try and plan for a few different possibilities in my head for when it gets to my turn. But I struggle with that. Sometimes if I come up with a plan that I really, really like, and then the game state changes, and I can't mm-hmm. enact that plan anymore, it sometimes is hard for me to divert to something else. And I struggle with that moment of, okay, what do I do now? And that's that's hard for me. And I imagine it's hard for other people as well. Yeah, I I tend to in general, like, think ahead a lot. So, like, (laughs) sometimes I'm thinking, like, multiple turns ahead, and then I forget what I was thinking for that one turn because I was already, like, thinking three turns ahead. (laughs) But... You're like, wait, but, no, how do, how do I get yeah. to that is the thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I forgot what I was going to do this turn. <laughs> but then also, yeah, even like if everyone is not having AP, there's always like in, in heavier games, there's always going to be like a turn where a lot of stuff is happening and people are going to have to think for, about it for a while. So, so I've just had to like make sure I'm more lenient because that happens to me where I have a really long turn. And so... I, I, I need to make sure that like I'm okay with that happening with other people, just not every turn. <laughs> so that's a good point. And I think I've tried to become more self-aware in that regard. Mm-hmm. And if I know that I'm taking a long time, I try and acknowledge it verbally. Yeah. So yeah, that way too. the table isn't sitting there going, because you know how, oh, you know how sometimes someone doesn't even realize it's their turn and they're staring mm-hmm. at the board and you're like, man, Ambie is just taking a long time <laughs> and you don't even realize it's your turn and they've just yeah. been sitting there waiting for you for like a minute and a half. <laughs> sometimes that does happen. But yeah. um but for me if I know I'm taking a long time I try and kind of be aware I'm like hey I'm really sorry I know that I'm taking a minute with this guys I promise I'm gonna wrap this up I think that helps kind of make it easier on other players if you can self-acknowledge too yeah yeah it does but uh, on your note of people not knowing when it's their turn (laughs) for us Toby like keeps good track of whose turn it is all the time and so he like tells people hey it's your turn now or like your turn's coming up like in longer games like Twilight Imperium or in 18xx games he keeps track like uh your turn's now and then this turn this person is going next and then this person (laughs) so so that he can like just keep people he's on top of it oh yeah so that actually helps a lot <laughs> if, if you can have someone do, be doing that. That's awesome. Something that I've done in the past, in and I try and do more often, especially with longer games, uh, or even with short ones sometimes, is I try and set expectations for the game length in advance of the game, mm-hmm. especially if someone in the group has a hard stop, meaning Mm. that there is a specific time that they have to be done by. So let's say somebody pulls out a game and they're like, oh, they say it says it's an hour. Well, if it's a game we've never played before, chances are (laughs) an hour is not going to happen. It'll probably be closer to two hours with teach time and, Mm. you know, learning all of that. So let's say the two hour time limit is a hard stop for someone. 
we make sure we set that expectation up front. And then in the midst of the game, if you can tell that it is not going quickly enough and let's, whether that's one person or everyone causing that, I in the past will kind of say things out loud to the group, like, hey, just a heads up, everybody, we've got 30 minutes left until, you know, Jerry needs to leave and we've got two more rounds to get through. So if y'all can just pick it up a little bit, that would be great. And I think that tends to be less confrontational and it has worked in the past and of course there have also been times where we're like okay and we're just gonna end the game around early because jerry has to leave but you know whatever works yeah it's fine ending early too like especially if like you knew ahead of time and everyone knows you have to stop then yeah i don't like ending games early i don't know why it seems so arbitrary but like I usually, I want to finish the game, and if we can't, it's a bummer. So I do try and, I would rather have everybody rush through turns and finish it. And I, that doesn't happen very often that we have to end the game early, luckily. I think for me personally, the most important part, for, again, for me, in combating my personal analysis paralysis is to focus on the experience mm-hmm. and the fun and make that be the focus of any game that I play. And I think I do a pretty good job of that in most games. I am not one of those people that has to win. Um, although toward the with like when you're getting toward the end of a game and I think I have a chance at winning, that's when I tend to slow down. <laughs> like that's when I'm like, ooh, like I'm I actually have a chance at winning. And then I want to start mathing things out and I, I kind of lose a little bit of that experiential <laughs> focus, you know? Yeah, at the end, like, especially in Euro games when it's like, oh, I can get more points by going here versus here. And, right. And, yeah, it's yeah. it's natural. I mean, we don't I don't play games to win games, but I do enjoy winning games. I think most of us do. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's good, like, because you want the people to be trying to win, but not that that's not like the you win or you die or whatever it's not it's not game of thrones Um, (laughs) oh man board games just got serious all of a sudden (laughs) yeah but but yeah i think i'm similar i try to focus on the experience and like not trying to optimize everything i i want to do well but not to the detriment of other people and the total enjoyment yes when all else fails make an intelligent decision not necessarily the best decision. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would take forever to get the best. <laughs> oh my gosh, always. And plus, sometimes you don't even know what the best is. There yeah. is no definitive best. Because you don't know necessarily like what cards are in other people's hands or what where the dice are going to roll or what tiles are going to come out of a bag. You know, it's just, <laughs> you have to make a decision sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to hear from our listeners. If you all have any stories of people having analysis paralysis in your game group, what you did or didn't do, if there's just an amusing anecdote, or what you do to combat AP either in yourself or to help your friends with it, uh, we would love to hear from you. So please head to Twitter, Facebook, or our Board Game Geek Guild, or our Instagram, and uh, comment on the tweet slash post slash whatever for this episode and let us know. I know all of the places. We'll take feedback wherever we can get it. And we've had a lot of people interacting with us on social media lately, which has been really fun. Um, But yeah, we'd love to hear your stories and helpful hints about how to combat analysis paralysis. 
For today's etymology segment, I'm going to look at the origins of the word analysis. The English word analysis, meaning resolution of anything complex into simple elements, originated in the 1580s and came from a medieval Latin word of the same spelling, which in turn came from a Greek word of the same spelling. The Greek word analysis meant solution of a problem by analysis, or more literally, a breaking up, a loosening, releasing, and came from a noun of action, aniline, which meant unloose, release, set free, or to loose a ship from its moorings. Analysis is the opposite of the English word synthesis. So here's hoping the players in your next board game are able to synthesize each of their turns in a timely manner. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. If your game collection is looking a little dull, grab a copy of the new Zoned Out from Gray Fox Games. This brightly colored city-building game comes with six additional promo cards when you order directly at grayfoxgames.com. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Did you know you can support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month? Become a patron to listen to unedited episodes and join our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzkiteers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Boardgameblitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, I swear I'm going to take my turn. Just give me one more minute to think. Bye, everyone. Bye. This brightly colored city building game com c comes. Okay. This brightly colored city. In our last episode, we asked you to re-theme a Friedman Fries solo game for your scared buddy. What game was that, Ambi? That was Frightened Friends Friday. It sure was. So for this episode's alliteration puzzle, remember the answer is going to be three words, all starting with the same letter. We're asking you to retheme a game that's like the movie Alien for birds that Cinderella sang about who are sick to their stomachs. Good luck, everyone.